You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I did not have our guys ready to play tonight. Mentally, uh, schematically, uh, in every area, um, I did not have us ready to play. That, that's squarely on me. When two guys can go for 83 points, um, I did not make the adjustments against those guys to give us a chance to, uh, to be our best. But it boils down to not having our team ready to play. And that, that's squarely on me. Uh, we playing down to our opponent. Um, just playing, but just at the, looking at the record. Um, we didn't bring it, you know, to 48. Yeah, they play harder than us. And they got talented guys, and we just didn't come out hard and execute our game plan. Today's episode of Locked on Phoenix Suns brought to you by the Locker Room app. Download the app and join me this week on Friday afternoon at 5.30 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Breaking down a weird one on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On PHX Suns. You can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. You can also follow me on, as I said, the Locker Room app at BrendanClean14. 123 119 clunker by the Phoenix Suns at the hands of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns combined for 83 points on 30 of 55 shooting from the field, 17 rebounds, 11 assists, just an astronomical game from that young duo in Minnesota, and the Suns, as you heard from Mikhail Bridges, just did not bring their A game tonight. Uh, Not much of a different way to put it than that. The Suns had this game within reach, tied after the first quarter because of, you know, some just... Easy mistakes, rebounding, um, you know, letting Towns do his thing. Booker still scores 16. The game seems within reach if they can just clean some things up. They do that, go up into the second quarter or into the half after the second quarter, up five, and then add another three to their lead heading into the fourth, at which point they allow Minnesota to score 40 points. 40 points in the fourth quarter, and that is where we will start. We will have a positive in the second segment and our normal segments to close out the show. Hint, it's going to be more Mikhail Bridges talk. Stay tuned there if you are interested. Also some Dario Saric talk as well, so uh, stay tuned to the end for that. But let's dive in here to the defining stretch of the game. We jump in sort of really anywhere in this fourth quarter. The score is 91 to 83 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Just to take through some important plays because it was a slow build. The the Timberwolves did not take the lead until the four minute and 20 second mark. So it's really about at the 548 mark, I suppose that would be the, the sort of defining stretch because what happened then is that Anthony Edwards came back into the game. So at that point, the score is 101-104. Chris Paul hits a quick three to make it a six-point lead. Um, But from then on, it's just Cat and Edwards back and forth. 
Edwards gets a layup, then gets to the uh, finishes and one on a foul from Jay Crowder. Uh, This was about the time as well where the Suns were just really, really in their heads about the refereeing overall. That and one was clearly a foul, um, in my opinion. Crowder uh, wrapped his arm sort of around Edwards in order to try to strip and and, um, get the ball loose, protect the rim a little. It was a physical play. It was not a rough, dirty play by any means, but it was a foul, in my opinion. Uh, Crowder gets called. The Suns are unhappy. Edwards makes that free throw there. Again, I really feel like in their heads at this point because Booker turns it over. It felt as if the turnover problems were in the rearview mirror. The Suns had 10 in the first quarter alone, but then started to slow down with the mistakes until around this point. And that's why I'm connecting the dots between the foul stuff, the referees calls and the Suns mental mistakes. It's just a guess. It's just my opinion, but that's sort of what it felt like. Then you had Cat on the other side, make a 29-foot three-point jumper. He's just nailing pull-up, step-back threes left and right. DeAndre Ayton not getting into his face and pressuring the ball as much as he needs to. On the other end, you do have Chris Paul sort of start to get into scoring mode a little bit, makes a jumper from the left elbow. Suns get that lead back. Edwards, unfortunately, then right away answers to tie it again. And then another uh, and one there and another foul on Jay Crowder. So Anthony Edwards makes that free throw. A short while later, Cat makes another three, another preposterously deep three at that 32 feet from distance. Just ridiculous. Um, then we had Devin Booker called for a shooting foul again with Edwards getting to the basket. Booker sort of tries to be vertical, tries to protect the rim. We actually know if, you know, we watch this team, Suns fans will know this. Booker can make that play. He actually can go vertical. He's good at doing that. Um, He does get called for fouls sometimes because it's just not a normal rhythm for his body. That's what happened here. Monty calls the challenge to try to save his star from getting that foul. He does not win that challenge. Uh, fortunately for the Suns, Edwards misses both free throws. So still only a two-point lead because Cat had made that three previously. Aiton gets a quick dunk. Uh, but then again, Edwards, a cut this time. Cat has the ball at the top. Edwards gets inside and scores to give the Wolves the lead, and they would not relinquish it at that point. Then it becomes the free throw game. Um, Wolves actually do some smart stuff. They call a quick timeout at one point when that challenge is going on to get their team a breather. They're playing the foul game smartly, fouling up three, fouling on the inbounds to Dario Saric on a play that Monty drew up but called horrible at one point and um, really just kind of make the right plays and, and decisions down the stretch in this one. Dario Saric tries to miss a free throw intentionally when he gets to the line on that foul. Um, It does miss, but the Suns do not get that rebound. Another situation that Monty Williams took the blame for, saying that they need to run that in practice more consistently. It had been a while, and he wanted to uh, take the blame again away from his players, say that that was the plan there for Dario to miss a free throw with seven seconds left, but uh, Frank Kaminsky misses the rebound because uh, Monty said they have not repped that enough and it just wasn't clear what was being asked. So 
Really, Minnesota just executes once they get that lead. They keep it. They win. And Wancho gets uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez gets a nice dunk to seal things off, courtesy of a Ricky Rubio assist. So it was really Edwards and Towns from that point on, that 548 mark. Edwards checks in. Those two take over completely. Towns shooting and passing. Edwards attacking the rim. And the Suns not able to uh, combat it enough to keep things tight. That was where the game turned and unfortunately, a really, really bizarre one. The Suns had as as le- a lead as big as 15 in this game. They seemed to be in control most of it. You saw it took until the final half of that second of that fourth quarter for Minnesota to pull away, but they did, and the Suns lose, move to 26 and 13. But they have a chance right away tomorrow to uh, make up for it. Minnesota here again on Friday night. And uh, that's where things stand. We'll get into the positives from this one. Uh, Not that there were a ton, but I do want to try to shine a light on some things. Um, And then we'll close with Sharich and Bridges, as we typically do. Two keys to this team, for sure. But first, a quick word from our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. And I know this weekend, what that means is March Madness. Men's tourney Friday, Saturday. Women's tourney uh, the rest of the weekend. You got the second round of the men's at the same time. It's basketball, college basketball, 24-7 and Bet Online has you covered. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine for sure. College basketball. Don't, uh, don't be twisted there. Bet Online has everything you need. I've been scrolling. Norfolk State is a uh, 34-point underdog for Gonzaga today, depending on when you hear this. That might already have proven to be true. Uh, you're getting the picture. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to be an informed better. And best of all, Bet Online is free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, that's Locked On, all one word, the name of our show the name of our network, to get a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here recapping the Suns' 123-119 loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. A reminder real quick as well to check out Locked On today. If you're a football fan, we have news every single day seemingly in the NFL world about the quarterback carousel locked on today has you covered they do an excellent job with all of that in addition to sprinkling in NBA college NHL all the latest scores analysis and news you need in the sports world every morning subscribe to that show wherever you listen to podcasts okay positives from this game uh, without getting into our two usual suspects to close things out where I'm going to go, I mean, it's it's boring, I suppose, but I really do feel like the Suns um, are finding a rhythm here with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. It's going under the radar. They're not winning as much as you might like, um, but you're not seeing Paul have these monstrous assist nights like you had been. You're not seeing him necessarily score 20 or 30. Most of the scoring, most of the shots are coming from Booker lately. 22 tonight, 3 of 8 from 3, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He's basically been consistent, good for that exact stat line, just about 25 to 35 points, 20 or so field goal attempts, 
making 40 or so percent of his 7 to 10 three-point attempts and getting to the line like we're used to for about two weeks now. And it was a, a little bit concerning for a bit when Chris Paul was not scoring. I mean, I think that's a really good thing, but it's also not really uh, replicable. So you don't want to rely on that. And that was something that had caught my eye was like, okay, well, Booker's sort of doing this at the expense of Paul's offense. Is that really ideal? And we've seen them balance it out. Again, you you don't want to give too much credit to something that happened in a loss, but I do think this is a part of it that's positive and good that actually can continue on through the rest of the season uh, in that these two guys are going to just have to balance this out. And I think we're seeing what it might look like. I think most of the time, you're not going to have Mikhail Bridges with eight assists. You know, you're not going to always even have Booker or Payne with the five and and six that they had. So probably five assists for Chris Paul is on the low end. I mean, he's averaging uh, a good deal more than that on the season. So, but the 17 points, the 14 or so shot attempts, a handful of three-point attempts, that's what I think we're looking at from Chris Paul this year. Yes, he's averaging 8.8 assists on the year. So that's probably what we're looking at. But you just see they're they're finding this rhythm where a lot of pick and roll from Paul, a lot of ball movement overall, and most of the, the, the sort of sets that are run are going to be happening to create openings for Devin Booker. They're not really running offense through DeAndre Ayton right now. They do run it through Sharich from time to time. They do run it from through Paul. And Mikhail Bridges is really good at finding his lately. But that's where the balance is. You know, they're going to combine for 50 or so with Booker doing the heavy lifting, you know, maybe 10 to 15 assists. It, it, it's just settling in. And I think that's a really big positive here. Um, I, I really don't feel like I'm scratching too far down. I, I hope you guys notice the same thing. I feel like we are in for a real breakout for these two guys. I, I talked about Michael Pina's story at, at Sports Illustrated a week or two ago where he highlighted in the clutch and in the fourth quarter, these two are really, really positive together. It, it's not over the full the full game. The starting, the starting unit continues to be sort of uncomfortably uh, inefficient on the metrics. All this stuff is sometimes pointing toward the negative, but the fourth quarter and clutch have been really big. And I think we'll start to see that expand and we'll start to see the numbers really bear out that this duo is getting where they need to be. Tonight, the turnovers doomed them. Seven total between the two of them, five for Booker, and a really couple of bad ones from Paul that set the table, set the tone a little bit rather for um, the mistake-ridden night we were in for for the Suns. But overall, um, I think that's something we should be keeping an eye on. Okay, closing out the show here with the Dario Sharge six-man of the year watch as well as the Bridges breakout watch. And uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, a quick word from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar Madness is upon us just in time for the tournament in the basketball world. My beloved peanut butter brownie has fallen to coconut almond. A tragic event in my life this week, but that's fine. Just like basketball, you quickly move on to the next round. You move on to the next team to support just like that. Just like the first team was never even there. And I am pledging allegiance. I actually haven't tried a ton of these, but the one that I love that's still in the enticing eight, not the elite eight, the enticing eight is mint 
Brownie. That is, if you care about me and you care about this show, you're going to vote for Mint Brownie. We're switching things over. Obviously, you can tell I'm a brownie guy. Mint Brownie instead of peanut butter brownie. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter to get your vote in. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, that is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best of the best protein bar. Closing out the show with our usual game recap segments, looking at Mikhail Bridges' night as well as Dario Saric's night. Um, A quick reminder before that to check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I don't know what you're doing if you're a fantasy hoops junkie and you're not listening to Josh Lloyd on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. If you want to get the edge, if you want to know daily fantasy, dynasty leagues, season-long leagues, who to pick up, who to drop, who to start, who to sit, all of it, Josh Lloyd has you covered on Locked On Fantasy Basketball wherever you get podcasts. But let's get on to the rest of this game. A an unstereo, um, uh, yeah, I guess unstereotypical. I made up a word, I think, there to express how bizarre this one was for Dario Saric. Just 22 minutes, but he was minus nine, eight points. I think we're seeing a little bit of a regression from Saric, a little bit. He just hasn't had the monster nights lately. Um, But overall, I mean, he's just going to have these nights. Like, I really have a hard time finding something that he was particularly bad at, I think, having a matchup like Towns in some ways that it affected Aiton in terms of the physicality that Towns had inside, grabbing three offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line seven times. Some of that stuff is a bad matchup for Aiton. Also just the awareness problems that Aiton can have. Towns is going to exploit that because he's going to be on the perimeter. He's going to pull you away from the rim. He's going to you know, just do so many different things on the floor that you have to be attentive and that's where he burned Aiton. But with Sharich, I think it's just the physical. Like, Sharich having to cover the ground of a pick and pop with Rubio and Towns or Edwards and Towns is just a really tall order. That was a problem. We saw Sharich get three fouls. He's usually not a guy who's um, wasting those. And just an inefficient night scoring. I mean, at the end of the day, if Sharich makes five of his eight shots and gets another three-pointer in there or something, we're talking about this night a little differently because he'll have a double-digit scoring performance and maybe the Suns win the game. So I'm not going to harp on it. I don't feel like there was some fatal flaw we saw for for the guy who we here on Locked on Suns believe should be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. However, uh, we have to give the bad with the good. And tonight, a minus nine, one of the only nights all season that Sharich has been in the minus and uh, just not his night. We will see if Monty Williams can tinker with things a little bit more to get Sharich in an effective position. It just didn't feel like they ran the offense through him very much tonight, even when he was in there. You can see that from just one assist and um, three turnovers, just a, a night to forget, but also a night where you know you want to maybe learn from getting that guy involved early and often when he's in there. And uh, we didn't necessarily see that, at least from my instant remembering uh, here after the buzzer. Um, Okay, Mikhail Bridges' breakout watch continues, though. A very, very big night for Mikhail Bridges early in this game. The Suns were getting out in transition. Uh, Minnesota was just completely, completely 
inefficient to start this game, missing left and right, and Bridges took advantage, getting out in transition, dishing assists, found DeAndre Ayton under the basket on some wraparound passes a couple times early to get Ayton some dunks, get his offense flowing early on. He was 6 of 8 from the field. A lot of those buckets came from Bridges. I think maybe 3 or 4 of the assists. Those two are continuing their chemistry. We know them we know them to have it on defense. They are now developing it on offense. So eight assists for Bridges. I believe that ties a career high. I think he's done that once or twice this season as well. Four of seven from deep for this guy. Just continues to nail corner threes um, at an unbelievable rate. And defensively, I would say mixed bag, all things considered. So another good night from him on offense. Defense started out really well. The game plan, which I think we can assume was from Willie Green, whom Monty Williams has given a lot of those game planning duties over to this year, it was to get Edwards actually downhill to, to, to play against his jumper because he can be so lethal off the bounce as a shooter that they were letting, they were going over screens and they were letting Edwards drive because he's only shooting 50 53%. I looked this up during the game because I was noticing this. He only is shooting 53% at the rim this year, which might sound good, but it's not. It's in the bottom fifth of uh, guards in the NBA, and he's not really getting to the free throw line, although he really did in this game. Some of them were late after the free throw game stuff happened, but 13 free throw attempts, a lot of that was part of his actual offensive diet going down the stretch of this game. So that did not play out the way that the Suns expected, allowing him to get down there, and he actually did make some floaters and layups. It just, he started to to make plays. He started to outplay what the Suns were doing, and they didn't adjust. And so I do think some of that comes back to what Monty Williams said is, you know, having a game plan that's more malleable and not assuming that Minnesota is a team that you just can walk over should you walk over them? Probably. Even with all of this said, the Suns only lose by four despite both of those guys going for 40. So it's not a, f- a complete failure uh, on the part of the game plan. However, you would have liked to see some adjustment. And Edwards was just relentless getting to the basket late, even though that was what the Suns were trying to give him. So that's where you know the rubber meets the road. Just a bad match there. And the Suns did not adjust quickly enough. Mikhail deserves some blame there because he was on Edwards a lot. Chris Paul saw him a little bit as well, saw some time on him. Even Booker did too. Edwards feasted no matter what he was matching up against, but I do think we have to say Bridges deserves some culpability there. We'll see because we do get this team tomorrow night again in Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. First time the Suns have had one of these since Denver in late January, so it'll be interesting to see what the second game brings, but hopefully at the very least we do see Bridges recoup some of what he was doing because uh, not good to see the Suns' ace defender get burned like he did a couple of times tonight. Uh, But that will close us out. You can catch me on the Locker Room app at BrendanClean14 in the NBA channel where I will be hosting a show with Brandon, with Zona, our Monday guest at 5.30, 5.30 Arizona time an hour and a half before Suns-Wolves Part 2 here, where we will be talking about this game, previewing Part 2 of this doubleheader, and 
getting some of the big picture talk in on if the Suns can be a top seed in the Western Conference. Might be a little bit of an odd timing to do that, judging from this result, but I think it is certainly within reach for the Suns. So check out that conversation. Download the Locker Room app wherever you get your apps on um, the App Store, and it should be fun. It should be a fun experiment here that we're doing on the network where we can interact with you guys. You can talk with me, you can talk with Brandon, come up on the stage with us, ask questions, chat back and forth. I'm hoping to integrate it. Doing it on Friday this week, hopefully doing it on Friday every week going forward since that is the day I don't record the podcast. So anyway, um, just a quick word there about the locker room setup. That will be 5.30 Arizona time. Download the app. Find me at BrendanClean14 and give me a follow or just hang out, hang out in the NBA channel for a little while there and, and you'll see the room pop up at 5.30. All right, guys, enjoy your Friday. Don't be too hard on yourselves with this one. We have another game on Friday. Enjoy.